We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Good afternoon, Bride. Good afternoon. This is Dr. June Knight with Bride Time Live. Yay! Yay! Look, we are so excited to be here today with Miss Lynn M. Taylor of the Common Core Diva. Now, Miss Lynn, yes. why are you called Common Core? Common Core Diva was my name that I chose because I knew a lot about it, but I also wanted to take a, a jab at Common Core Which and, how, what? and how it was. <laughs> Most people don't know a Common okay. Core. A lot of people are thinking, well, you know, Betsy DeVos said it died with, with the other students that sees that. But Common Core uh, State Standards was the nationalized uh, standards that align with the United Nations and are bringing in globalism, and they are very much alive. And so when I started researching them, I wanted to poke at the system because this is not what we, the people, ask for. This is not what we, you know, use our tax money for. Now, let's stop right here okay. because what you're saying is is the educational system in America. Yes, the educational system. Common Core is what, a teaching? It's, what a, it? it's a set of copyrighted standards, and if you know anything about education, you know that standards should never be copyrighted. So that means someone's making profit off of them. So what? Yeah, so because I knew so much about the Common Core State Standards, when I was you know, starting to write and speak and all that, I knew I needed to come up with a name, and so, I said, well, you know what? A diva is supposed to be somebody who really knows their stuff, and they're supposed to have an attitude, so I'm going to use <laughs> that name. And if you know me, I'm nowhere near what a true diva is. But when I talk about education, yes, I do take on that persona. So that's why I'm named that. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, first of all, I just want to welcome you to Winchester, Tennessee. Thank you. Bright, as you notice, we have, this is one of our new sets. We brought my furniture from my house up here. And we have our bride over here in the scene. It looks very pretty on camera. Uh, we're very excited. You're the first one that gets to be interviewed in this chair here. Oh, well, thank you. That's <laughs> and, an and honor. When I was in Washington, of mm -hmm. course, I interviewed a lot of people in this chair. 
Okay, now okay. let's move on to we're sure. here mm -hmm. for the Noahide Law Conference Week. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You are here because you are one of the voices that I've seen on many different channels speaking about the Noahide laws and its role with the educational system. Mm -hmm. So before uh, we go live tonight, which by the way, Brad, we will be live at 6 p.m. Central Time and we will answer questions. It will be an interactive live with all of the speakers and panelists. So uh, before we get into too much on the Noahide laws, right. We want to know about you. What brought you to this position now? Are you from North Carolina? No, I happen to live there. I was born in South Florida, moved to Georgia where I got my twang, and then <laughs> moved okay. up to North Carolina, and I've been there quite a few years. And how I got to be in the position I am is totally God. Um, okay. Absolutely. Years and years ago, uh, when my oldest daughter was born, um, I had her in my hands, and I was just looking at her and marveling at what a wonderful little creature she was and all this kind of stuff, and I heard this voice, and it's like, I want you to homeschool your children. Now, not just this one, but my children. Like, okay, well, you know, she's, what, a month old, so it wasn't even time to start, you know, thinking about education or anything like right, that. Right, right. But because that little seed had been planted, I started looking along the way, going to thrift stores and finding things that I could use so that as she was starting to read or anything like that, that we could use at home and, you know, have some fun with it. Uh, because one of the things that I had always wanted to do was be a teacher, but I had wanted to be other things as well, but I had no idea that God would use that wish in this fashion so right. to see it from the perspective I have now it's like wow but back then it was like okay so fast forward I now have three children and God's going mm-hmm I told you you needed to homeschool and I'm like I, I, I don't know how but 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 I started you know <laughs> and every argument that I came up with he came up with this here's how we're gonna do it and I'm like so this argument went on a year. This it wasn't really an argument. This conversation went on a year. Yeah. And I finally was like, okay, I give up, God. You win. I'll homeschool. But you have to put people in my path because I really don't even know what it is. So this was when I was living in Florida before we moved to North Carolina. So one of the first people I met was this mom, one-income family, six children. And she was at a used uh, homeschool curriculum fair. And so I'm walking in and I know, you know, how old the girls are. And I'm, you know, sitting there trying to figure out. And I walk up with a stack of, of books and games that's almost as tall as I am. And I'm, I'm a short person. So it's like a, a big stack like this, okay? Yeah. And she looks at me and she goes, you must be new. And I said, how can you tell? She goes, how many children do you have? three well I have six and I can tell you you don't need half of what you have there what and I said oh really and she goes yeah I will be happy to show you how to do a quality homeschooling on a shoestring and so wow. she introduced me to what not only blessing. her family but some other wonderful moms and dads in the area that we were yeah. in that was my first support group that I was part of and made some wonderful friendships 
but it was amazing. It wasn't rocket science. But one of the one of the things she did, June, that I really want to encourage folks to to listen is you have to change your perspective. And one of the things that she did was she asked me a series of questions. Are you goes, talking about perspective as being a homeschooler? Yes, mother? absolutely. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't clarify All that. Right. But yes, your perspective if you're thinking about you know homeschooling, and I don't mean just parking them in front of a computer. I mean actively getting in there with them and and you know leading them the entire way. But she asked me a series of questions, and one of the ones was, "Who taught your child how to eat?" And I'm thinking, "Well, I did." Who taught your child? How to walk. My husband and I did. Well, who taught them how to tie their shoes? And I'm thinking by this point, this woman, I have no idea what this woman's point is. And I said, well, you know, her dad and I did. And then she goes, and who taught them how to go to the bathroom? Now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what does this have to do with education? Right, education. And so I'm just looking at her like she's from Mars, and, and I said, Okay, we did. And she goes, the reason I'm asking you that is because those are the hardest basic human skills we will ever need throughout our entire life. Wow. And if you can ace those as hard as they are, what is reading, what is spelling, what is math and history compared to those? And it wasn't until she said that that I'm thinking, oh, I can do this. So it's that light bulb moment, and that's what we need to look for, is that light bulb well, moment. Well, I can just hear some of the parents that homeschool are thinking about homeschooling and probably saying, well, what if I don't understand it? What if I don't know how to teach it? Well, there, that's the nice thing. Help is a four-letter word, but it's a four-letter word we need to use. So don't be so prideful that you don't ask someone for help. I mean, I'm, I've been on many platforms and said, look, if you can't find anybody else who you want to ask questions about homeschooling, let me know. I did it for 23 years. Wow. And I know what it is to go from preschool all the way to high school. Wow. So uh, how did that open up the door when you did homeschooling after she told you that? I mean, like, the, the light bulb went off, but mm -hmm. how was it as far as implementing that? It actually wasn't all that hard once um, I had someone to point me to where to look, which is what I do with my blog and all my speaking. I do the same thing. I point you to where to look. I don't tell you how to formulate it because that's the beauty about homeschooling. It's your home, your family. Do what works for you yeah. because my homeschool is not going to look like yours, and it shouldn't because we're not the same person. Yeah. We're not the same family. And this is a lot of the misnomer about, Sorry, Brad. about education is that it has to be a certain way. It has to be done in a certain, uh, with a certain set of materials. It has, no, there is no cookie cutter way education should be. But should they like learn the basics of? Yes, there was a wonderful series. Well, I mean, how do you know where, cause I, Mm -hmm. I met a family where mm -hmm. the father said, I just educate them 
by what they their interest is. I don't right. teach them right. all the different. That's, I do, if they're interested in snowboarding, then we just go down that road. Right. That's a type of homeschooling that's called unschooling. And yes, I, that I is really, what I really, it. it works for some people. I did not choose that. My family and I did not. We wanted them, first of all, one of the best things you can do is write out a mission statement. What is my homeschool going to do? What are we going to accomplish? Then you list your goals. So, you know, you wouldn't start a business without a vision statement. You wouldn't start a business without a mission statement or goals. So, you know, treat it like that. Once you get your foundation down, which is this is what we want to do, and for, for my example, it was the mission statement was something as simple as I want them to learn everything they need to do to always want to keep learning. So that meant reading, writing, uh, math, English, history, anything that interests them as far as personal interests. So it, it covered but everything. But shouldn't that be everyone homeschool? I mean, what's the point it, of writing that when that's the common goal of every I Well, every for your own, okay, that. That, that is a good point, but when you have someone who does something like unschooling, it's not going to be that same mission statement. It's going to be, well, today we're going to do this, tomorrow we're going to do this. Mine was set up so that it gave some routine because that is one thing children need. They need structure, they need boundaries, they need routines. And that was one of the things I did not see in unschooling. Now again, I'm not saying it's bad, just was not my choice. So I was blessed to be around folks who knew the resources to use so that we could start with the basics. Well, okay, well then I think about the government. I yeah. mean, I'm not talking about now with everything collapsing but, and the well, UN and right. mm -hmm. But I'm saying in the normal world we had, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't the government keep a, you know, like, isn't there standards that children have to be reaching at certain ages? Or is the government out of it when you're homeschooling? Well, it depends. Because we have 50 different states, there are going to be several different laws depending on what state you are. So, for example, when I started in Florida, their homeschool laws were very loose. But you had to go to your county department of education and tell them, I'm going to homeschool. Now, what happened when I went to my county was I got fussed at because I was going to cost them $15,000 or $5,000. I was going to cost them $5,000 per child, so 15, um, in government funding. And I looked at them and I said, yeah, but what about all the money I'm going to save you from having to educate them? I'm going to do it in my home. So there were some other parameters that were there. You know, we had to have yearly exams and so things saying, like that. Yeah. So that's where I started. Now, when I moved to North Carolina, it was school at least 180 days. Choose if you're going to use the religious exemption for vaccines or not, and um, have yearly tests. That so was every family has to report to the state they don't have to they can choose to depending on what state you're in for example like i said florida you needed to north carolina 
if you register with the Department of Non-Public Education, yes, you do need. They have a whole department. We have a whole department. <laughs> we are one. We Non-Public Education. Yes, and wow. the reason it was done that way was because the homeschooling families, and I happen to know one of the pioneering homeschool families of North Carolina. The reason they set that up was they wanted to protect and preserve homeschooling from all government intrusion possible. Oh, gotcha. And that particular law as it was, stood for 25 years. And it wasn't until 2013 that somebody decided, we need to rewrite the homeschooling law in North Carolina because wow. we need to, and I kid you not, I heard, heard this on the General Assembly floor, we need to purposely blur the lines between homeschooling and public education. And we know why now, it's because the government is coming in to homeschooling and saying, yeah, you need to have this, you need to have that. Are they doing it as much as they're doing it to the public students? Not in the same way, but they are doing it. Miss Deanna, can you come to the camera and zoom in so they can see her better? Oh, we can't have it. It's okay. It is what it is. Okay. Very good. All right. There you go. Deanna, remember that round thing down there? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can adjust it and get it to where it's not crooked. <laughs> Thank God for Miss Deanna. Perfect. That's it. There you go. Thank you. Now y'all can see her. Okay. Okay, let's move on now from sure. homeschooling. How did that develop into your understanding of the Noahide laws uh, inside? I mean, is the Noahide laws in homeschool as well, or is it only in public school? Oh no, it's it's everywhere. It's what? in every aspect How? of our lives. It's well, it's again government intrusion and overreach. But how I got from being a homeschool mom to being a national figure of recognized as an educational expert was simply God's putting me in positions of leadership throughout the homeschool community. Okay. And because I was a homeschool support group leader, I wanted the families who were in this group, I wanted them to feel like they were as armed with as much information as they could possibly be. So they got weekly newsletters about what was going on and they got all wow. kinds of resources that I put together for them because I knew as much as had been given to me when I got started, I wanted to give back to other families so that they could have the best homeschool that they could be. So we had monthly speakers, we had all kinds of uh, activities and that, that went to, to and this, that. and this, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. It's, it's okay. a little bit of a journey, but I'm getting there. Right. So because of the leadership, I would get to go and be involved in statewide leadership com conventions wow. and get to speak and you know all this other kind of stuff. So it was just God opening all these doors. Yes. And it wasn't until I got to this one leadership conference where they had these magazines that were geared for the homeschooling family. And it was there, there was one article by Tom DeWeese, another by Kathy Duffy, and they were both talking about the push for globalization in homeschooling. Now, I knew by that point it had already hit the public wow. school. So knowing it was coming into homeschool, it was kind of a warning bell. And so it wasn't until that that I started going, okay, 
I need to find out what is going on, where is it coming in, how is it coming in, how do I protect not only my family, but all these people that God has put in my uh, circle of influence. Because, you know, it's kind of like when the British were coming. Nobody just yeah, sat you there. Yeah, off these red Yeah, flags. nobody Aww. just sat there and go, I'm not going to tell anybody. No, they got out there and they told it. So it was through all this and through all the research and the years that I've been doing the research, which is probably around 11 or 12 now, that wow. that has led me to not only how the Noahide has been put in, but how we've had the sustainable development goals, how we've had the comprehensive sexuality, how we've had all these other things that were never ever supposed to be in our homes. And there oh, it is. That's horrible. Yeah. Now it is. is this is this coming in through educational materials, requirements from the state, or, or how is it it's coming, coming in? It's coming in through a, a lot of avenues if you will because when the every student succeeds act was passed first of all people assume it meant every public student no when our government uses words like every and all as you probably well know it means everybody it doesn't mean a select group and so one of the things that was in there was that all education had to be aligned to the same thing well you can't differentiate between public school and homeschool if it's all education and then it goes on further to say that all teachers have to be credentialed the same way so this is another backdoor attack on the family so it's showing up not only in education health care jobs um, you name it there are 13 federal agencies that have educational plans that seek to do nothing but undermine the family's authority wow what a shocker because now you've got me thinking about the president. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on back, which I'm sure we'll, you know, talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about a lot of this tonight in our live broadcast. But okay, all of these presidents every year they sign that Education Day, right? Where they recognize the role of the Noahide laws in education. Well, many people have wondered what in the world does Noahide laws have to do with education? Why is he putting the Orthodox Jews, the section of Jews, in this realm of the experts in our governmental national education? The Can re- you answer that? Yeah, the reason that the Nohad laws were attached to education was because the powers that are behind all the globalism that we're seeing in Uh our nation needed education as a bully pulpit, if you will, or a change agent. Because if you can change the way people learn, if you can change the way they think. The change agent, I understand. you You can absolutely impact everything they do, and that's precisely what's happened. So why Carter was the first one to sign it, Within a year of signing that particular Noahide thing being about, you know, oh, we have to use education to promote careers and jobs, and we have to use education to promote morals and ethics, it's not God-based. It's all on these Talmud-based, man-made principles that are no more law than you and I are. But if you'll think about it, Carter, within one year of that declaration, created the U.S. Department of Education, and along came, along with that came the Noahide Principles for Education. Now, where are those principles at? They are in your social and emotional learning. 
uh, which shape your attitudes, your values, and your beliefs. What? Uh, it it's is, already in there? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, and that's one of the things that Common Core does as well. And people will tell you, oh, well, we don't use Common Core. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. Because once it, too much time, money, and effort has been put into this to suddenly say, okay, well, one law did away with all of it. No, because that one law is unconstitutional. Wow. The Tenth Amendment never gave the government, the federal government, any authority over education. U.S. Code 21232A prohibited any federal direction in education, but we have seen both those totally dishonored through several administrations. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, with the Common Core came the, you know, backed up the Noahide, so does the um, UN Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. It attacks the social and emotional learning, the comprehensive wow. sexuality standards, the workforce preparatory uh, for job skills or the skill-based education. It attacks um, family to the point of, I, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the surveys that some of the kids come home with over, you know, what all goes on inside the family. Well, you have this. doctor's offices that are doing the same thing. So it's not just from education. Do you think that the, the parents mm -hmm. are just not aware of this infiltrate? Because I know I'm not, and right. I've raised three children. I, think, I mean, what's the deal here? I think our parents have become so conditioned to, you go out, you work, we'll take care of the children. Yes, come on. I, think I know that's, that's right. I think that's exactly it. Yes. You also have a large group who are aware, but because of, their standard of living, they can't afford to have one give up an income. Well, when we live outside our means, we see a family destruction. Or even single parents. Right, I even mean. single parents. So there are ways for single parents to homeschool. Uh, I know if you live in a state that has uh, laws like North Carolina, you and I could share homeschooling responsibilities. A two-family really? two homeschool could be a legal setup for wow. us. Wow. Yeah, but not every state is like that. They're also undertaking a terrible track tracking vote. Oh, hold on. Did it just start? <laughs> Did it just start? All right, Bride, hold on. All right, ask them if that's better. Is that better, Bride? See why we need you, Deanna. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little okay, bit and just see if it sure. gets better. Okay, awesome. Sorry, Bride, I won't wear the beads again. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so these these parents are not aware. I think I think a large majority are. Some don't care. So you have several groups of parents. You have ones who do care, ones who don't. You have ones who would like to be informed, but when they go and ask questions, they're getting these very stock answers that use lots Thank of you, words to explain a lot of nothing. And so they walk away frustrated. I've, I've met those parents. I have had phone calls from those parents. What do we do? Who's gonna actually tell us what we really need to know? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important for us to have conversations like this and for other 
uh, people who have had me on their show. That's why it's important because I never do an interview or an article where I'm talking above you. I'm just, you know, I want to have you have the benefit of what I did, which is a firsthand knowledge so that you can not walk away scared, but prepared so that you can be armed, so that you can do that one thing you're supposed to do, which is protect your family. Well, let me ask you this. How, okay, since you began the discovery of the Noahide Laws and the Education, your journey sounds so much like my journey mm -hmm. when I was in London and I discovered the Mark of the Beast in the museum. Right. In that exhibit and how they was going to do it, that began my journey of, <gasps> I've got to warn people, this is right. it. It's the same scenario. But now, all these years later, I see what it has developed into, and I see that we're here where that was. Yeah. Do you feel the same way about the Noahide laws? Like, do you feel like all these years of you warning and preparing, now you see it coming to pass? Where do you see that we're at I see, on the scale of things? That's a good question, and I see that... All those things that, as you said, that we've tried to warn about and tried to arm people for, we're here. Mm -hmm. And there is not much time left. Right. It's what do we do with what's left? How right. do we navigate? That's right. And, you know, I don't really know the answers, and it's okay to not know because even if you're an expert, you don't have to know everything. Yeah, but what about yeah. these parents that are, are are homeschooling and they're educating and mm -hmm. and they see the the government being taken over by the UN and they see, you know, that they're after their children, right? Because we know now that the vaccine is coming. The third phase is all children. Right. So we're talking, you know, February, March timetable. Right. Okay, these parents are on alarm. Right. And they want to educate their children. Right. They, they want to believe that it still should be happening. As an expert, what would you say to those people about... Okay, I would use what God tells us, which is to keep pressing on. We keep going. Yeah, it's going to be a little harder to educate knowing that you're on alarm. Right, that's keep, a good way to put but it But you keep alarm. going because you're modeling for your children how to navigate a very tough time. You see, that's one of the things that is great about homeschooling. You can model for your children. How do I deal with bankruptcy? How do I deal with a death in the family? How do I deal with daddy losing his job? Or all these things that a lot of, and I'm, I'm not saying that public school students don't have that same opportunity, they do, but you're, you're with your children 24-7, 365 in homeschooling, whereas in public school, you've got a period of, what, eight hours a day where mm -hmm. they have no clue what's going on. So the point of it is, is you are teaching them a life skill about how to navigate something very alarming, very scary, but you're doing it in a godly way. And you're saying, okay, so yeah, we're going to keep learning, but we're also going to be prepping so that if we need to, to seek shelter elsewhere and protect our family, we can absolutely do that. Well, I think about my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter, she has her son in public school. Mm -hmm. She's the only one of my kids that do. And she's on the hybrid program. Okay. Where they give her this laptop and then he does his education from home. Right. She sent me the most alarming 
text. I don't doubt it. She's like, Mom, they told us that all children have to be tested. Mm-hmm. Even though he's at home. Right. They, they want to test my grandson. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, the rubbers hit the road. Yeah. You got to get out. There's no... Right. You know, so what would you say... I mean, I hear these parents. I hear them right. saying, I want my child educated. I, you know, it's like, oh, what, what would you say? Well, I think you need to come to a decision. Who do you want educating your child? Do you want a corrupt government system or do you want yourself? I would choose myself over a corrupt government system any day. Now, that sounds a heck of a lot easier than putting the rubber to the road, as you said. But as long as we know there are folks out there who can help us get started and know what to do, we're not alone. Because it's kind of like where God always made sure there's a remnant of people. We're going to make sure there's a remnant of, of people here in this particular instance as well. So as long as you've got that help, as, even if it's not right next to you like you and I are, yeah, it's still help and you still can do it. So yeah. Okay, going back to the Noahide laws, right. if you could define, mm -hmm. based upon your understanding of what you've learned, if you could define to a person that's never heard of this term, yes, explain to them what is the Noahide laws. The Noahide laws are actually man-made principles that seek to attack God, family, and our country. That's how I would do it. So it doesn't have anything to do with Noah? No. It doesn't have anything to do with the Bible that we no. know? No. Uh, they, so they've really just kind of hijacked... Hijacked the uh, education system. Wow. Yeah. And that was done under President Jimmy Carter. And it's been carried out by everyone who's been a president ever since, including our current administration. Now, yeah. what is a little bit troubling to me is that in, you know, 1983, President Reagan declared that the year of the Bible. But yet he, too, went ahead and signed an Education Noahide Day uh, proclamation. I know, it's sad. Yeah. Okay, I would like to give you a few minutes before we sure. end the broadcast. And sure. I would like for you to talk to the bride. What do you want her to know? These are just average people at home. They, most of these people that watch our broadcast are very educated about all Good. this. Good. So what would you just talk to them real about what you would have them know about the last days right now? Be aware. Be diligent. Be prayerful. Be purposeful. Uh, fear is being used against us in more ways than I have ever seen my entire life, probably yours as well. Don't give in to it. Turn off the TV. Get in your word. If you're not in your word, get with some people who are Bible believers. Pray without ceasing. Keep going towards that prize because we're not that far from it. We really, really aren't. Right. And then we will be eternally blessed and not have to worry with any of this. So that's what I would do. Well, Bride, uh, we're going to pray for her. Remember, every time we do a Bride Time Live broadcast, we pray for all of our guests because we believe that God brought you on this broadcast for such a time as this. So, Bride, if you don't mind coming together in agreement, let's all bow our heads. 
Lord, we just thank you so much for this time right now, God, to highlight your servant. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over her, Lord. We thank you for her coming from North Carolina here to Tennessee in the mountains, Lord, to talk to us and to explain what we're seeing. Lord, we thank you for her being a part of this Noahide Law Conference, Lord, and for her being a part of this weekend to educate the world on what's happening with the Noahide Laws. So, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you bless her in every way, Lord, and give her witty ways to communicate what it is that she knows, Lord. And together, me and Lynn, Lord, we pray for all the parents out there that are homeschooling, that are, are feeling so distraught about everything that they're seeing, Lord. We just pray peace in their hearts, Lord. And we pray that you give everyone wisdom in their decisions in the coming days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you please tell them how they can find out more about you? Well, my blog is commoncoreDiva.com. If you feel so led to donate, there is a donate button there. It's very secure. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parlor, USA.life, uh, <laughs> Breaking News Journal uh, Network. And I think that's it. <laughs> and that's, that's them finding you through Common yeah, Core Diva. Common Core, yeah, Common All Core right, Diva. Brad, thank you for tuning in. Treehouse Publishers presents Author and White House Correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda, Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda, this book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system, this book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church, this book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment, what is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pot books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale.
If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com.